Welcome to Discovering Spirit Within. I'm Rev. Deborah Phillips coming to you from Spiritual Life Center in Sacramento. What does it mean when we say, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? If you've been listening to me for a while, you know I like to get something in my head and play around with it and go down every bunny trail attached to it and see what it all means. So I thought I would take this one on today. Now, I looked up the word right, because let's start with an actual definition. And it says true or correct, acceptable or morally good. And I find that in my own life, my need to be right is something that that gets in my way a lot. So the question is, is why do we need to be right? Now, I am not talking about the really big issues like politics and religion and that sort of thing. I am talking about Does the toilet paper go over or under? Where do you put things in the dishwasher? Who loads the dishwasher? And is it all that right and wrong? And we get into this in our everyday lives a lot. How much of this is just wanting our own way? How much of it is an actual right or wrong situation? And it's really interesting when you start thinking about it, at least for me, because it gets me to looking at how much I want my own way and What am I willing to go to do to get my own way? And how important is it really? And I guess maybe for me, that's one of the primary things I've started asking myself is when I'm feeling um, pushed or I'm feeling a little bit uh, like uh, this person's bugging me because they're not doing it right, is that, is it really that they're doing it wrong or is it I just have my own way of doing it and I want what I want? So I get to look at that a lot. But I think more than anything... The idea of being right is a way that we protect and keep our own belief system. Now, each one of us has a belief system that is built on what we were taught as children by our parents, by um, the people around us in school, and then the general culture, and then our experiences in life. And we build a belief system around all of these different things. And that belief system is our reality. That is what the world is for us. So if you were raised in a home where the toilet paper came up and over, when you go into a household where it goes the other way, it really can be quite the annoyance because it's such a fundamental part of your belief system of your life. And thus the conflict begins. Being right also makes us a good person, right? A good girl, a good boy. In school, if you had the answers right to a question, then you were a good student, you were a good person. And that is something that probably is ingrained in most of us in some way or another. But coming to be- back to belief systems, I had a couple of experiences that have come into my mind as I was thinking about this that made me realize how how ingrained certain things have been or were for me. One of them happened when I was a child. Now, a lot of people tell the stories about when they first found out that Santa Claus wasn't real or the Easter Bunny wasn't real. And you know what? That wasn't a big deal for me. Maybe it's because I had older siblings. I lived in a very small town. And so, you know, we were all kind of crammed together in school together. And um, it wasn't really a big secret that there was no actual Santa Claus. And so it wasn't a big trauma for me. The Easter Bunny, again, was also not a big trauma for me when I found out that it wasn't real. In fact, I'm not even sure if I really ever thought they were real. I just knew that they were part of the the game that we played. However, 
I guess I was a really big fan of Peter Pan. And I don't remember if the Disney version of Peter Pan had come out yet. It probably had. But there was also a Broadway show of Peter Pan. Now, you'll have to be probably over 60 to remember any of this. But at the time, it was a big deal, and you'd hear about it. Now, I'm from a small town in northern Arizona, so we got the news a little bit late. Yes, we had TVs, but this kind of thing, these cultural things were um, came in kind of dribbled in. But we had heard about the, or I'd heard about, heard about this big deal play on Broadway, and one night we were watching Ed Sullivan, and they would bring in acts from, from Broadway, and they brought in a part of the, the flying act. And this woman came on stage, and she was dressed as Peter Pan. And that was when I found out that Mary Martin played Peter Pan, and that Peter Pan was being played by a woman. Now, I, I do not know why, and I still cannot explain it, but I was enraged that they were using a woman. I was enraged that I had been lied to. It shook the very foundation of something that I thought I believed in. And even to this day, when I think about it, inside I get a little weirded out again. I will never be able to explain why I had that reaction. But what I do know, it was a fundamental belief to me at a young age that Peter Pan was a boy. And when Peter Pan was not a boy for a minute, now, this doesn't have anything to do with gender, thing, gender issues. This was simply, I thought one thing, and then they were doing something else. And I didn't like it. And it, it shook my very foundation of, it's like, well, what else are you lying about? So it was kind of the same thing as people who go through the, the Santa Claus Easter Bunny um, reveal, so to speak. It was like, well, what, 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 if I can't trust you about this, what can I trust you about? And maybe that's the other part of this whole being right thing is that you told me that and if it's not right well then you lied to me and and then where does the trust go so maybe that's another uh, part of it there was another incident and this was when I was talking to a friend and this was back in whoa um, the 70s and we were she was a, a, a fundamentalist born-again Christian she was the nicest loveliest woman she was a very gentle kind woman and I was young and even snarkier than I am now. I have learned to put a little bit of a, a cap on that. But we were talking about the devil. And I just turned to her and I said, I don't believe in a physical devil. And she said, well, why not? And in my most arrogant kind of way, I said, well, I said, if God can make somebody like Jesus, I don't see how God could make something like the devil. Now, I wasn't trying to be mean. I was just expressing an opinion and probably being, yeah, a little bit of a brat because, well, I was in my 20s. But the look in her eyes, the look in her face when I said that stopped me cold because I saw something going on in her brain. And I realized even at that young age that I had done something to kind of kick her belief system and kind of make her doubt for a moment. Now, I've told this story to a group that I facilitate, and some of the feedback I got on that was, well, you know, maybe, maybe that person needed to hear that, and maybe you were doing a, them a favor. But I will tell you, maybe, maybe so. I mean, we could go all metaphysical and say, well, you know, she attracted whatever. But honestly, I was, I was not, it was a, not a nice thing for me to do because she had a belief system that worked for her. And it wasn't any of my business to try to change that. And I wasn't trying to change it 
maybe it's because I was really kind of being a, a smart aleck about it. I don't know. But I could tell that something that she deeply believed got shaken for a moment. And yes, I will agree that it's really healthy to get our beliefs looked at once in a while and our, our tree rattled, so to speak. But I don't think it was my job to do it in that case. And I learned a huge lesson about messing with other people's fundamental belief systems. Our fundamental belief systems are what keep us going. I believe that I can get up in the morning and the sun is going to be up and I can walk out into the living room or the kitchen and my cats are going to be there wanting their morning treat. And I need to know that life goes on in a certain way. I can rely on um, my husband going to work and then coming home at essentially, you know, basic times and that the world just works in a certain way. Where we get stuck is when we can't see that it can work another way as well, or that the way another person does something is okay just because we don't do it the same way. Loading the dishwasher seems to be quite the thing among a lot of, lot of married couples, and my husband has had a way of loading the dishwasher for a very long time. He recently had an in injury where he couldn't bend over for a while, and so I got control of the dishwasher. Ta-da! And so I started loading it the way I wanted and running it whenever I wanted. And in subsequent conversations, it came out that he always loaded the dishwasher as much as he could with as many dishes as he could, because for a very long time, we had a portable dishwasher that you had to drag over to the sink and hook up and it got in the way and it was really kind of a pain. So now that we don't have that, he still had had that habit and it's gotten broken because he, um, he, he hasn't been able to load the dishwasher for a while. And so I'm running the dishwasher like twice as much as we used to. So I have fewer dishes to put away at one time. And I'm really happy. And he, he's not having a problem with it. But for the longest time, I thought we were doing a right or wrong thing. And it was really just a habit he had. So what this all brings me to is the... I wonder if what we need to do is really develop the ability to sit and talk about things and try to get off of our, this is the only way to do it. This is because this is what my belief system says and listen to what the other person is saying. And I, again, I'm not talking about the big issues. I'm talking about living together. I'm talking about putting programs together or how you work together or how you run the house together or how you raise the kids. Just because your parents raised kids a certain way doesn't mean it's completely right. Just because your spouse's parents was raised another way doesn't mean it's completely right or completely wrong. Yeah, yeah, there, there's some wrong out there with all anything that has to do with abuse. I will say that's wrong. But most of us carry things from our homes, from our growing up that we carry into our adult lives. And we think, we kind of just think that's the only way to do it because that's what we know. It's like, um, my mother used to, this is the, to me, this is hilarious is that my mother, my mother kind of had these set meals. And so on Tuesdays, I think it was macaroni and uh, pork chops. Well, I didn't know for a long time first that macaroni was, was a lot of times a main dish for some people. And, um, it was always a side dish for us, but I grew up putting 
ketchup on my pork chops and I ended up putting ketchup on my macaroni. So I still put ketchup on my macaroni because that is the way I grew up eating it and that's what tastes good to me. And most people are like, and you're probably right now going, ew, really? There are probably three of you, if, there, if there's a hundred people listening, yeah, right. If there's a hundred people listening, then maybe two or three of you have had ketchup on your macaroni and cheese. And it's not a right thing. I don't force my husband to put macaroni or put ketchup on his macaroni and cheese. That's not how it works. But for me, that's part of my reality and it's right for me and it works for me. I don't need every other person to do that. My husband likes a lot of foods I don't like. He, I like foods that he doesn't like. We don't, um, um, we don't force that on each other. We just allow each other to eat what they like. And hey, life is really much easier that way. Now, you know, there, there, there are limitations there. First of all, there's only two of us. We're not dealing with kids in the house. So that sort of thing always mitigates this. It's like, yeah, if you've got kids, we're all eating the same thing. When you're our age and there's only two of us, we get to do whatever we want. Again, it's not right or wrong. It's how we are doing it. Nowadays, whenever conflict comes up in my life, if there's, whether it's actual conflict, uh, really disagreement about ideas, or if it's just somebody says something and I feel a little triggered and annoyed by it because, well, I wouldn't do it that way. I make myself step back and I look at what my own dynamic is. It's like, why don't I like this? What's, what's going on inside me that's making me want to push back? Now, sometimes there's very legitimate reasons. This won't work for me because A, B, and C. Um, you're not necessarily wrong, but I can't do it that way. Or um, maybe I just, well, you know, the moments where you want to say, that's just a stupid idea. That's when I really am stepping back because the person who is presenting that has their own belief system. They have their own ideas of what will work for them in the moment or what would be a good idea. And I'm not saying that it's not okay to disagree. We all have uh, disagreements. We all have these different ideas, as I was saying. But getting all wound up about it, running into drama, getting mad just because you need to be right is counterproductive. It doesn't accomplish anything. And those are the times when I find myself stepping back and finding what need is it that I, that's not being met here? What am, what need do I have um, that's making me push back so hard and want to be right? Do I need to be right just because that makes me a good person? Do I need to be right because this thing is challenging my personal belief system? Do I need to be right because it makes me important? Do I need to be right because I, in this moment, I know that what the person is doing is not, is not good, is not, not, is, is well wrong in a way. I mean, certainly if someone was talking to me about murdering somebody or, or robbing a bank or something, that would be a, you know, that's a right or wrong situation. But those are things that take place on the outside. I'm talking again about what's going inside each one of us when we are faced with this need to be right, this need to even, you know, one up someone. It's like I've had conversations with people and they'll say, well, this is happening and this is happening. And then they have to say, yeah, but, and they tell their story. And I am learning to stop in my head and consider what is going on with that person? And the question that goes on in my head is what need is not being met right now for you? Or 
in turning it around, what need is being met. I mean, some people have a need to argue. Some people have a need to be right. So you're in a conversation with someone and you say something and then they, they come back with something else and then you start going back and forth. And at some point you might realize that you're in a tug of war here and that they're, they're wanting to be right. And then your reaction is to be right and put your idea forward and make it be the one that you're going to use or agree on or whatever. But if you can stop and wonder what need is not being, or what need is that other person trying to get mad? And then ask yourself the same question, what need am I trying to get met? And of course, this is all happening at so probably lightning speed because you're in this conversation. You're always allowed to say, you know what, I need to go stop and think about this and come back, which will give you more time to consider these two questions. But what need is being met when you are trying to get to be right, to, to get your idea across, to get what you want. Again, is it the need to get your own way just because you want your own way? Is it something that you truly, truly believe is the very highest and best way to go? Is it, um, just out of maybe this person's ticked you off and you want to, to uh, make them wrong just because you can. We have so many subconscious, unconscious motives for everything that we do and say, it's really interesting to stop and, and look at them and see what's going on. You know, being right um, is absolutely subjective. When you think about the toilet paper debate, the over or under debate, the truth is, is the toilet paper works just as well either way. It comes off the roll the same way. It doesn't affect how you use it, but there's a, a, an aesthetic to it, I guess. And there are battles over this. I mean, you even see memes on, on Facebook because, and it, it's such a, a silly thing, but it is indicative of the kinds of things things we get ourselves wrapped in up into simply to be right, to get our own way. And I think I would bring this back now to, to really asking the question is when you are, when you are having this huge need to be right, is it because you simply want your way or is there something in you that just needs it to be that way, which is different? Wanting your own way is one thing. Having a need to have something a certain way is legitimate. So you can't discount that. And at the same time, it's like, why do I need, you know, what, what is this, what need is being filled by having something a certain way? And when you look at that, you learn something about yourself. And sometimes you can make that change if you want to, or if the other person has, you know, has really good reasons for making that change as well. It comes down, I think, to listening, to paying attention to each other, to caring about having some sort of agreement and compromise in the world and in your life. It comes down to compassion. If I see something, that, if there's something that I really, really want and my husband is pushing against it and he, he's not, I will make myself sit down and talk to him about it and then gain some compassion for his way of seeing things, even if I still disagree with him and if it's something I still don't really want. But a lot of times after we've talked about it for a while, I can see his side of things because honestly, I run on 98% intuition. He's uh, pretty much 
right-brained. And so between the two of us, I have learned over the years that we balance each other out. I want to go off and do something woohoo, and he's like, no, 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 and he's dragging his feet, which makes me stop and think about what I'm talking about or what I'm suggesting a little bit more. And then there are times when my intuitive side helps him to loosen up a little bit as well. So when we think about this term, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? I don't want it to, I don't like that it can be construed as you have to give up your, your ideas, your need to be, feel safe and secure just to be happy. Because actually, if you do that, you won't be happy. Giving up your belief system will not make you happy. But fighting something simply to be right is different. And that's what I'm talking about today, is that why, why do you need to be right? Why do you want to be right? Why, why do you think being wrong is so threatening? Those are the things that you might want to ask yourself when you find yourself in conflict with someone in a push-pull of, well, you know, both of us can't be right. And actually, both of you can be right for you. The right that you are looking for is the one that is right or correct for both people. Now, that requires some compromise sometimes, or it requires really listening and understanding what the other person is saying and then running it through your own belief system and seeing what it's doing there. And there are times when you can't get there. I get it. But there are many, many times if we would just stop and stop having to have our own way all the time, it's amazing what we can do in terms of getting along with other people and not getting ourselves all wound up. And that's the thing that I see more than anything is it's not so much the conflict with the other person, it's the stories that we're running in our own heads saying, well, that person's wrong and and how can they do this to me and blah, 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 blah. And then you, you're all wound up and then you can't even think about what's really going on. So over the next week, I would just ask you to consider, you know, stop and think about a, a, a time that you've been in conflict with someone and it was so important for you to be right. And then how did that turn out? How did, that, how did you feel? How did the other person feel? Did you ever come to a compromise? Did you ever come to an agreement on anything? And then the other question is, in any situation, ask yourself, what, what need is not being met here? And then ask that about the other person, and you can actually ask the other person that question out loud. So I, I see that we're not, not meeting uh, of mind. We, we don't have a meetings of minds here. What need is not being met for you in this conversation? Now, a lot of people will not be able to articulate that because that's a, a foreign idea to a lot of people but it can have a really interesting effect on the conversation. And it might even open up a whole other avenue for resolution or a meeting of the minds. So let's play with that. Play, play with these different ideas of uh, stopping and trying to figure out what your needs are and what your belief system is and what's pushing against and why, why are you trying to be so right? You don't have to give up your ideas and feelings to be happy. And sometimes I think we think that giving up being right means that we're giving up our ideals and our thoughts, but that's not what we're, that's not what it means. It means 
figuring out why you need to be right, figuring out what it is that that's driving you and then coming to terms with that or with the other person. Lots of stuff to play with this week and I would encourage you to do that. And I just want you to know that if you decide that you want to keep listening to, uh, to Discovering Spirit Within, that is absolutely the right thing to do. I hope you have a wonderful week. May the joys of the world go with you. Thank you for listening today. Discovering Spirit Within is produced by Spiritual Life Center. If you enjoyed our discussion and feel inspired to support us, you can go to slcworld.org forward slash donate. And now until we meet again, deep peace of the running wave to you, deep peace of the flowing air to you, deep peace of the quiet earth to you, deep peace of the shining stars to you, deep peace of the son and daughter of peace to you, and may the joys of the world go with you.